About 10 years ago now, the Catholic author Peter Kraft published the text, the book, entitled Jesus Shock. Jesus Shock was the name of the book. The premise of Jesus Shock is rather simple. He makes the point that throughout history, and even in our own day, every human heart has to answer basic questions about who Jesus is. Who is this man? What did he teach? And Peter Crave points out that those questions have very basic responses that are oftentimes opposed to one another, right? Regarding who is Jesus and what did he teach? We can say, I accept who he is, or we can oppose that and reject it. We can accept his teachings, or we can disagree with them and say they're wrong. The point the book makes is rather simple. The only option that actually doesn't have any logical sense would be to ignore what he says, to be indifferent to what he says. In some ways, it actually more sense, makes more sense to dig in your heels and to say, I reject this, than it does to be indifferent. The point is that what Jesus says and who he is cannot be ignored. But then he points to the title of the book, Jesus Shock. If what Jesus says doesn't shock us, then there's a good chance that we're not hearing him as he intends us to hear him, right? That what Jesus says, everyone in the Gospels, is radical. And it should shock us. It should jolt us. And this evening's Gospel is prime example, right? But then we have to remember this. Jesus is never trying to shock us just to get attention. He doesn't do that. But he is trying to wake us up a little bit. And so if we're at a place where we're totally indifferent to these types of things, it would behoove us to say, where am I at with this? This evening, Jesus lays out three roadblocks, you could say, to discipleship. Three roadblocks that come our way in our own faithfulness to him. And he uses a similar pattern through each of them. He says, whoever does not blank cannot be my disciple. And he uses that pattern three times. The first time, he says, whoever does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, cannot be my disciple. Then secondly, he says, whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Finally, he says, whoever does not renounce all of his possessions cannot be my disciple. Now, the temptation for guys like me on evenings like this is to take this gospel and to totally explain it away to take all the meat out of it, to take all the shock factor out of it, to say, you know what? Jesus didn't really mean this. What he meant was, you know. 
No. Jesus says what he means and he means what he says. There should be a shock factor to this. Now, let's pause for a moment and just take those three things Jesus said we need to let go of in order to be his disciple. If I were to ask you to write out and to make a list of the primary obstacles in your own personal growth and holiness, and if I were to do the same, what are the primary roadblocks in growing in holiness? If I were to make a list and itemize them, and then if I were to put them in different categories, let's say three categories, could it be that the three categories we use for the primary roadblocks in our own growth and holiness would be people, the cross, and possessions? Could it be the fact that what Jesus is trying to do is to pretty much say the primary things that keep us from him are these realities? People, the cross, possessions. So let me explain. When I say people, think here of a young person or old person, whatever they may be, that's really trying to follow the Lord, that's really trying to live the life of discipleship, who is really trying for holiness, who is really striving to be on the way. Think of somebody that's doing that and whose family totally doesn't support it and whose family is totally indifferent to it. That is what Jesus says when he's talking about hating mother, father, children. Anything that prevents us from being all in would be an example. Secondly, the cross. Think for how many of us some significant suffering in life is keeping us from letting Jesus love us there. Because we say when we experience the cross, why did this happen to me? Why am I suffering? Why am I given this cross? And it can be a tremendous roadblock to living in union with Jesus, right? Or also possessions. Think of how easy it is to be attached to things of this world. I'm not just talking about money and boats here, right? I'm talking about status, being liked, being accepted, being recognized, being thought well of. All those possessions that can keep us from being possessed by the one who's the foundation of our life. So what Jesus is laying out here are three categories that oftentimes block us from growing in holiness. Okay. And here's the irony about everything. When God is the center, when he is the primary foundation of everything we do, do you know what ends up happening? We actually love family more. We love father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter, neighbor, self. Not less, but more. Because we do it in a true and authentic way with the strength that comes from the gospel. It is the irony and the paradox of Jesus through and through. Or think about, for example, the cross and suffering when Jesus is the foundation. We then understand that in the midst of suffering, God is more with me than when I wasn't suffering. 
that Jesus has a most special care for those who suffer and carry heavy burdens. Or think about possessions. When God is the foundation, what God then does is he allows our possessions to do great good, to be used for his glory and his praise. Okay. Does Jesus shock us? Does his words, do his words, jolt us? If we're hearing them correctly, they should. And we cannot be indifferent. May he be the foundation. May we love greatly. May we see him as with us in the midst of suffering. And may we let go of any kind of attachment so that everything we do and say may be for his glory and for our own salvation.